All right, folks, welcome to another weekly Manchester United show on Beyond the Pitch. I'm your host, as always, Bob Brown, joined my regular co-host there, Carl McGuigan. And uh, I swore I woke up to uh, an alarm clock saying, They say our love won't pay the rent for it's earned. Our money's always spent. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. I'll see you later, man. All right. Good luck. <laughs> Jossie, get to know where we might. Jossie, get to know where we're Groundhog Day. Uh, did I wake up in 2020? Neither need a left foot centre back, they need a winger, the uh, needed a forward, uh, defensive midfielder, spend all summer chasing their major target, don't get him, and then go for a smell of sour. I mean, it's 2020 all over again. See, see to be honest, right? I know you're you're probably, I'm going to get hammered for this. I don't mind these smell of sour, Sam. I like it. I, I don't well, mind it. Let me say something, man. But, but I know what you're referring to is that it's reactive, not proactive. It's not our number one target. It's I know everything that you're going to spill off here at me. Mm-hmm. But whenever whenever we think about what Manchester United need, we need someone like Ismail Asar. Maybe not Ismail Asar, but he is the best of well, a bad bunch at the moment, if we put it that way. But, but, but so, come, this is the what's got United into problems over and over again. This reductive thinking. He'll do He'll do a job. You know, do we send oh, Alex Jones because he'll do a job? Maybe he helped the club yeah. with marketing, but who cares about you know, the, 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 his personality? Who cares about any of this? We don't need players that will do a job because doing a job against who? Against Liverpool? Against Man City? They'll not do a job against them. Right? They'll not do a job getting United back to the top of the Premier League where they should be. They'll not do a job getting you the... Because, you see, big teams that are serious about winning trophies don't target these players. I got no problems with them if Eric Ten Hag walks in and says, I want him, 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 him. You better judge of a player than me. Right? Just because I'm going to throw my toys at a problem because they're not players that I want doesn't mean that that's right. But none of these are a result of a long, extensive recruitment process, evaluation process, and he's the right guy. He's the right guy because you're desperate. And when you do that, like United have done time after time after time after time, how many of these players? Where Telesco? This is but, this is this is this this is what Adrian Rabio is a Talis, right? Okay, you have to be going in about a year from now trying to get someone to take his wages. I, I disagree with you on Rabio. I think Rabio is a good player. He's he's not our number one target. But what's to say he's not he's not our number two target? Man, I know what's I've taken say? some serious shrooms over the years. What's right? and what's I, to and say? If possible, I'm seeing okay. double there. I'll give you that. Like okay, uh, but I'll, one, one second, right? One second. Yeah. What what what's to say that it's got to the stage where Ten Hag goes right? Frankie De Jong's a non-starter here. It's not going to happen. Not we. I think De Jong's still going to happen very soon, actually. But in terms of of what it is, what what's to say he's not? What's to say that Rabio isn't isn't the the backup? Why are we all so quick to jump down the throats mm. of of? For example, you actually said something very poignant on this podcast when Ten Hag no way was appointed. Happen. Was a point. I know you think so. When whenever he was appointed, you said Ten Hag's going to make mistakes. Ten Hag's going to sign people that we don't want him to sign. Yep. Ten Hag's going to mm-hmm. do things that, that we don't like as fans. Mm-hmm. We're, we're seeing it right now. What's to say Adrian Rabio wasn't part of that? Listen, you bring back the first cause. Okay, it's not that; it's the problem. It's the reason why that is happening. It's the problem. Okay, if these are Ten Hag's first choices, calmness matters. Okay, if Ten Hag walks in and says, I want this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. All right? Okay, fine. 
Now, Liverpool's dressing room is filled with players that aren't Galacticos. You know, Alex Oxley, Chamberlain, James Milner, full of players that will do a job for you. But they're the result of an extensive evaluation process that arrives at a conclusion. But United work from top down. Opposite. Okay, now we're in the process of ringing agents to see who's available. There's no way Adrian Rabio was a consideration for United a month ago or two weeks ago. This player, Juventus, have been trying to pay off to leave on a free. That's how good he is, right? And Aaron Ramsey. Um, Aaron Ramsey, how did he do last season at Rangers? Uh, where is he now? Um, so we've got an Aaron Ramsey that Juventus are desperate to get off the weeds bill, desperate to get out of the team to buy a better player, right, with United's money. This... Are you telling me that Adrian Rabio is the result of Eric Ten Hag saying, if Frankie De Jong doesn't happen, we want Adrian Rabio? Well, we don't know I that. I don't believe that. Not, but we, we don't know that. Well, he was available no. two months ago. Why didn't they go get him? Because the, there's so many factors in this, right? The, the main factor being that De Jong still, we don't know if he's coming or going. It's Come. as simple as that. That's layman's terms. We don't know if he's coming or going. We don't know if he's going to United. We don't know if he's going to Chelsea. We don't know if he's leaving Barcelona, right? If, if you're targeting Adrian Rabiot and Marco Arnautovic, what are you doing? Trying to stay up? Okay. Arnautovic we'll get to in a second, right? Uh, Adrian Rabiot was a very good player whenever he was up and coming, right? He was he was tipped to be 27. a great player. Yeah, he was tipped to be a great player. I know he's 27. He had so a good season. Jones. He had a good season at PSG. Okay, he went to Juventus and he was an average player. He's been average since then. I think Not that's average. fair enough. Yeah, he, he's average since then. This is this is the unfortunate reality of being. So that he's been the average and these two out United skirts. Yes, but this is what I'm saying. This, this is, is what they're going to put up against the Bruyne. This is what the Bruyne. He's an upgrade on what we Calvin have. Phillips. It's as simple as that. We're going to stick in Adrian Rabio and Mark Bonetovic. Okay. okay, how happy are you watching McFred at the weekend? How happy Mate, are you watching McFred? I know. But I'd rather okay. what's my choices? A shit sandwich with sauce or a shit sandwich without? Well, that, this is my my point. Right but this is huh? my point. This is the point I'm giving you. It's 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 a head fuck. It really okay. is because Can't. you don't understand why they're making these moves. But at the so end of the day, okay. it is an upgrade. It's an upgrade. Let's just accept the fact right now that Manchester United are not intending to catch Liverpool and Man City. Let's just accept I that. Because that's you, all you, I think that's all right, all right, all right. So, so what we have to accept right now, as fans, we look at this club through a whole different lens. We look at this in a much more uh, holistic uh, macro picture. We look at the football club with its history, which determines how it should go forward. But the reality of the situation is, if you did, if you, if you take away United's history, United aren't a top football club. Nor are they behaving like one, nor are they trying to be one, nor are they trying to catch a Liverpool or a Manchester City. Cruising altitude for Manchester City is just not being shit enough to where it's going to cause protests, but just enough to give you belief that they're actually serious about winning. But they're not really, right? You don't buy Adrian Rabio if you want to catch Manchester City. Why didn't they buy him? They needed a midfielder. Okay. Why okay, didn't so Liverpool buy him? They needed a midfielder. Why didn't so, Arsenal so, buy him? Why didn't any top club buy him? Instead of trying yes. to pick off to get rid of him. I, I know what you're saying, and I'm not the yeah, that matters. This guy's average. It does matter, right? But I don't even think it's average. I think it's below average. Who who else is there out there at the moment? We why are we not worst season at Juventus? Okay. We just so, had his worst so ever season at Juventus. Who who else is out there and why are we not promoting? Okay, so this is not a question for you or for me. This is a question for the people that are paid millions a year. And this is, this gets back. So what are they if if you and I have to come up with these answers? 
What are they doing? Well, that's it. That's that's the million dollar question. And that's where it all goes back to what we said. You've said it from the beginning, ranking competence. I've said reactive, not proactive. And what do we know? Same old Manchester United. What has changed from about really 2010, probably? Would it PSG 2000... do this summer when needed midfielders? Mario Sanchez, Vitinha. Who else is out there? No idea, man. But uh, this is what I'm saying. They acted at the beginning of the transfer window. Whenever I made well, a comment on this podcast, that a few days ago. when I made a comment on this podcast, I think it was probably the beginning of July, and you said, "Mate, we're four days into the transfer market. Relax." Yeah, you have to be. But you, yes, because we relax. But your views have to be based on evidence. To be fair, so you have to give them the opportunity. But now we've seen United can't work towards the end of the transfer window being their benchmark. They have to work towards the start of the season, being the stationary target, not the end of the window, because if there was no window in the like the olden days, what are you going to do? Drag it out for nine months? Then go, sorry, Eric, we tried to get him, but we couldn't. It's absolutely unconscionable to me to think that this football club sat there with Barcelona and De Jong and were used as leverage, again, by Barcelona and De Jong. Instead of turning around a month ago and saying, lads, We've got a complex problem here. We'd love to sign you, Frankie. Barcelona, we'd love to sign your player, but I'm going to force both of your hands here because what we're not going to do is make sure our football club's recruitment strategy is based upon the outcome of a Frankie de Jong Barcelona contract situation. You take control of the situation. No other top football club does that. Nobody. So what okay. you do is you force Barcelona and you force Frankie de Jong into a situation to say, if you really want to come to Manchester United, you get a solution to this. All right, we're going to impose a deadline two weeks from now. Force the issue. And if they turn around after two weeks and say, we're no closer to solving this problem than what we were when we first started, then you move on. The solution but you don't was... sit there and go, at the end of the disco, well, I was hoping you were going to sort it out with your boyfriend or so we could leave together and now you two are still together. I mean, what the, was this the, nonsense? The solution was you paid the deferred wages. You, you take the hit that we need this player, we need to go shine and we pay the deferred wages, right? Whether we like it or not, that was the solution. Simple. The Glazers don't have the money. The Glazers won't spend the money. The club's a shambles. That That's it in layman's terms. If we think about what Ten Hag said whenever he came to this club, he said that he would have the final say on transfers. He said if it wasn't his targets, he wouldn't sign them. He said mm. he would promote within if he couldn't get these. Why is Eric Ten Hag the man for this job? Why is he the man that at the moment we're all expecting to get us out of this situation? It's not happening. Nothing's changed. What of any of the problems like is Eric Ten Hag's? What of any of it, it's it's not. But if he's a man of his word and he's true to his word, is Rabio his his signing? Is Rabio going to be his signing? Was Arnautovic was Arnautovic his signing? I have no. Because if it is, then we've got an issue. Well, I have no doubt that it's a process of elimination. That it's like, hey, all those other top twenty strikers we couldn't get, so we'll take him out of desperation. Where Ten Hag does deserve criticism and. Steve McLaren deserves criticism. That racism stuff happened under Ten Hag's watch at FC20, so he knew about it. So he doesn't escape responsibility and blame for trying to sign a flagrant racist and sexist in a Manchester United shirt, which is supposed to be a unifying force in the dressing room. And by the way, it's not up to Ten Hag or Steve McLaren to forgive uh what Arnautovic did, it's up to Fred, it's up to Malasia, it's up to Marcus Rashford, it's up to people like that because Steve McLaren and Ten Hag weren't the victims, they weren't the recipients of that abuse, all right? It's up to the Man United women's team, it's not up to 
Richard Arnold or anyone else at Manchester United to say, yeah, but there is no yeah, but with racism. And this is a problem with morals when they cost money. When there's a material cost to being moral, then that you know, compass starts to get you know out of calibration. A football club that took the knee, it took the knee whilst knowingly pursuing a racist. Now, if a fan had done what Mark went out of it done at Old Trafford, they'd be banned for life. So why is he allowed to step inside Old Trafford? And by the way, they had to be shamed into pulling out of it. Again, an illustration of the utter incompetence and disconnect between the people that run that football club and football reality. The fans, once again, had to tell them that this isn't right. Just like well, that, the Super League. That's a How are you that thick? That, that's a complete shambles. That, that it, what it does took, it tell you? Emails from fans. It took everything that it did in order to put a stop to Mark Warnerovich being signed. Why that even got to the stage it got to is beyond me. I can't understand it. We're, I want to know what these scouts at this football club are doing day in, day out. I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. What What is John Murda's role? What is Richard Arnold's role? What, what's going on at this football club? Mm-hmm. It's not changed from the days of Woodward and Solskjaer. I don't care what anyone says. It hasn't changed. It's the exact same. It's All it is is a different guy leading leading the shape. It's a different... That's it. It's a different shepherd. There's nothing else. There's nothing's changed. What have I been saying for months here, man? Manchester United, the way they run is not an accident. They ignored every piece of competent football advice they've been given, and they've done it for a decade. Okay. This is a consequence of the ideology of the owners. And I said they wouldn't become benevolent. They wouldn't all of a sudden give Richard Arnold newfound powers that he didn't get before to be nice to the fans. They don't give a fuck about you or me. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. They don't care what you think. They don't care that you hurt. They don't care that you needed blues. They don't care how embarrassing it is. As long as their pockets are lined, that's the only metric they care about. Do you think they bought man? I mean, this is a rhetorical question. They didn't buy United because they want them to win the league. They didn't buy United because of European Cups. They bought United because it's a cash cow. But the problem is, when you buy United in 2005, when the financial situation in football was completely different, and you had a genius at the helm, right, who, of course, is largely responsible for players being there, you could get away with it. But now Manchester United are shopping in a different market. Now you've got billionaires owning football clubs. United can't compete with that. They can't cooperate with their primary function to line the pockets of the owners, but also compete in the transfer market. This is obvious by the statements that they're making. Robbie Wanonadovic would not be on Pep Guardiola's list. They certainly wouldn't be on Jurgen Klopp's list, nor would they be on Real Madrid, the real biggest club in the world, Okay, that won the European Cup in France and, and Spanish League, who, by the way, next season Barcelona aren't even a threat to, went out and spent $100 million on Chouamani. There wasn't a gap in valuation with a kid. Right, there wasn't a gap in valuation with Mbappe. Right, that's what the biggest teams in the world do. Adrian Rabio, well, I lost you anyway. I'll, I'll keep going till you come back. Adrian Rabio and uh, uh, Anurovic is genuinely in comparison. Compare Adrian, uh, compare Anurovic and Rabio with Chouamani and Mbappe, Rudiger. I mean. <laughs> I've taken serious gear in my time, like, but I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that bad. It, it's shocking. Like, if, if we look around, even even just look at City, look at the options <laughs> off the bench. When they're taking Rodri off and bringing on Calvin Phillips, and we're stuck with McFred, it's <laughs> it's laughable. Like, honestly, the strength and depth of other teams in the Premier League, even think of teams like Spurs, Arsenal, 
all have much better squads than us. We're Manchester United. We're talking about Spurs and Arsenal here. Forget, forget about even Chelsea. Forget about Liverpool. Forget about City. They, they've cemented themselves as big clubs. Newcastle have better strength and depth than us. Man, well, you have it's embarrassing. They're pound stretcher signings. Okay, let's be honest. Like, look, here, let, let's just look at United signings, right? Um, so, w- Lissandra Martinez is a decent sign, no question, right? <clears throat> and Christian yeah. Eriksen, there was a competition between United and Brentford. No other top team was in for Christian Eriksen, right? No other top team looked at Christian Eriksen. Good player that he is, no question. The rest of United's signings are Bournemouth signings. They're signings you make to stay up. And they're not signings you make to win a league. Right, Malasia, good young left back. Rabio. Now, if Rabio's going to Southampton, Bournemouth, or somewhere, I'm going, okay, that makes sense to me. Or a mid table team, makes sense to me. Because he's already shown he's not, doesn't belong at the top level in any serious football team, right? Turned down playing in the World Cup for France because he refused to be on the reserve team. Reserve list. Um, <clears throat> a player that's had issues, right, in the dressing room. This is what happens. You see, you start compromising morals and principles because you can't afford morals and principles, so you start saying shit. And that infests the dressing room. You start saying players that have no other choice. When you've got a, an employer right, paying to get rid of you and you're scared to the, <laughs> of identifying them as a solution to your problems, what fucking problem? I want to know what Manchester United skirt looked at Adrian Rabio and said, there is a solution to our problems. And how he saw that. I want to know. I, I don't think it comes, it gets down to that. I don't think there's a, there's a skirt of Manchester United that said that, you know, Rabio was the guy. It's got to the point where <laughs> De Jong, De, De Jong may or may not happen. They need a backup. Rabio was the backup. He's an easy option. He's a signing that they can make cheap. He's not. He's not someone that's going there to cost go. us a lot. There you go. And that—that's why he's in that position. At that. the end of the day, though, Phil. At the end of the day, right? We need to support any player from this football club. Simple no, we as don't. That. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we, we do. Mate, mate, hold on a minute. This is, the problem. this is where there's a toxic fan base, and in terms of, it isn't Adrian Rabiot's fault that he, that he's being sent. Correct. The, I agree with the that. Levels above, right? It's it's incompetence from John Murdo, okay. Richard Arnold. Ten Hag actually too because yeah. he's promised us that mm-hmm. they were his signings, right? Well, this isn't Adrian Rabiot. Well, it ultimately is because he's the it's manager not, of the football club. Wait a it's second, not. it is. He's the manager of the football it's club. Imposed on him. He, he came out and told us. Come. Imposed on him. He came out and told he us that he was the one sense. making the final decision. He can't go he out and make the 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 Is it Ten Hag's fault that United didn't turn a profit in the last three months? He come off it. No, no, no. Seriously, where does his responsibility start and end? If he's responsible for going out, he's the manager of the football club. Doesn't he's the manager of the football team? Second. Okay, no, 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 if you're the manager man- of Iceland, no. if you're the manager of Iceland, and someone comes in and starts working in Iceland, right? And the, the, they're they're just they're hired. No, by it's not analogous. Talk. It's not. You're analogous. the one that makes the final. No, but you're mm, the one that makes the final decision that they join the team. No, Ten Hag no, no, no. has no. Ten Hag has remit. He's he's come in and he said he said it. I don't even need to put words in his mouth. I'm the one making final decision on transfers. He said that. Has he said it? Um, He's the one that makes final decisions on the players that he wants. He doesn't make the final decision on how much you need to pay for a player. You think Ten if Ten Hag got the players he wanted, De Jong would have been there three months ago. This is my point. Anthony this, would have been there. Anthony and De Jong would have been there two months ago. Where are they? 
No, his father, what I'm saying is... No, 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 no. You made an analogy. analogy. Let's deal with that. Because if you're not responsible for, for recruiting people, you're only responsible for deciding who you want to recruit. You know, I can decide that I want to win the lottery. Right? But someone has to go and buy the ticket and do it for me. And if they don't do it, it's not a realistic hope. So I don't know. I, I, so here's the thing. Eric Ten Hag's job is to tell the Manchester United recruitment team who he wants. And it's their job to secure them, which they didn't do. Okay? So that's not his fault. So if I ask for a left back and I get a plumber, it's not his fault. That's Manchester United's fault. And it was the fault under Mourinho, as he said, hey, listen, I finished second in 2019, and people have no idea what was going on behind the scenes. It wasn't Solskjaer's fault that they didn't get Holland and Bellingham, right? That's Manchester United's fault. It wasn't Moyes' fault that they didn't get Fabregas. That's Manchester United's fault that they didn't get Beal. That's Edward Ward's fault. That's the Glazers' fault. Not the manager. Okay. Right, okay. Tenag came out at the beginning of this, and did he or did he not say, I have the final decision on incoming but he, tonight? But he, has, he doesn't have the, he has the final so decision. He to to so he lied to him. No, no, no. You're, you're just misunderstanding. The lies and intent to deceive. What he said was, he has final decision on who you need to bring in, but not how they bring them in. Right? So it's up to Man. Listen, if I, said, if I send you to the shop, okay, and say, get me, get me, get me 10 Regal King says, and you don't have enough, and you come back with a 10 mix-up, whose fault is it, mine or yours? That's that analogy. It's the same thing! Because we're talking... It's not! Because we're talking about football Man, he, football spend, it's, he doesn't read the checks. Tell me this. What players did Ten Hag... Ten Hag came into that football club and said two priorities were a forward. He said it himself. It's vital that a forward's brought in. Wanted Anthony, where did they want to do young? Where are they? <clears throat> And this is my point. He he is the manager of the football club. So Whoever he was supposed is... to go and negotiate with Ajax and get a deal done on the terms? Because it wasn't him that didn't agree to pay. It was Manchester United. This you should have wrote a check in his own pocket and go, here, guys, I'll pay for it. No, I know, but we're being ridiculous now. Because, but you know, no, if, those, if those... Okay, so if these, these two players that you've just spoke about... Tell me, if Ten Hag gets hurt by Bournemouth and says, I want Messi, and they don't sign him... Okay, so where did Arnautovic come from? Where did Arnautovic come from? Do you think that was came help? as a result of United's complete inability to secure the targets that he asked for? So are you papering over the cracks that it's that it's? Of course, they're papering over the cracks. What's he supposed to do? His choice so, is Walker Lee or or, or okay. stay with his shape. So, so was was it? I'm asking you a question. Was it Ten Hag's decision to go for Arnautovic? I would say he eventually agreed to it, like Solskjaer. Okay, but but okay. But, but, but it wasn't his first choice. <laughs> Exactly. And Raul okay, so again, I call you and say, here, man, I can't get them pig or 10 Regal King says, but you can get you, I can get you a single on 10 PMX. Well, it's not really what I want, but I'll have to fucking do. No. Ten it's Hag the same. Came... No, no, no. Like, we're going around. And around yeah, tell me, what tell I'm me how Eric Ten Hag's responsible for making sure United send the players that he asks for. And I'll, and I'll take your point. Okay, I'll, I'll switch it. It's Pep, no, it's don't Pep. switch it. Tell me how it's he's Pep. responsible for it's closing Pep responsible the city. Huh? Is Pep responsible at City? Is Pep responsible yeah. at City? First of all, what asking, does he have at first of all, there's no Pep is asking people where the bottom is pit of cash. I'm asking you, and he still doesn't negotiate the signings. That has nothing to do with him. Hence the reason why he didn't get Cucurella. So I'm asking you, what responsibility 
does Ten Hag have in securing players from Manchester okay. United? When you, when you come in, don't answer like with the question. United. Answer the question. When you come into a club like Manchester United and you promise the fans of the world, which he did, right? I'm not getting on to him. He didn't promise anything. People with a functioning right? brain can know that he doesn't sign players. That's a, that's okay. a result of a recruitment department, the finance department. Well, okay, I mean, well, Calm, you well, notice. Well, no, I know, but what I'm saying is when he comes into the club, it's up to him to tell, tell the club his targets, tell him who the backup targets are, right. and tell the club who he wants to sign, right? Um, you go, you do your work, come back to me, right? Where are those words? Where are those you, Yeah. Let me finish. Me and you both don't know that Rabio was second choice to Dion. We don't know that because it, it, well, it may well it, it could have been. It probably well, the, was. The reports are they want Rabio as well as Dion. Now Rabio's been available for two months, so I'll ask you but if he wanted Rabio, why didn't they go for him two months ago? Because we wanted Dion. They want him and Dion. Honestly, you're, you're mad over here. Here. That's the reports. It, it's simple that it's simple that Tin Hag, Tin Hag, when he's making decisions, has clearly bowed so over. I that was a goalpost move, on that? No, no, but he's bowed over to the Glazers. Something that you t- you talked to me about. Oh, so it's the Glazers' fault then? Now it's we never, got the, it, what? Now we I got so he bowed to the Glazers because they're the ones that ultimately make the decisions. But this is my point. Thank you. So why, what, why? No, but you're, you're <laughs> not even getting the point. Man, this is not you're football not. manager. A manager no, it, goes and asks the club it, to go recruit the people that he needs. Mourinho's told you this. Van Hal's told you this. Solskjaer's told you this. Everyone has and told you this. And what's changed? What's changed? Nothing. So it's not why... the manager's fault that they don't get the players that they want. He can't kidnap them. He can't write a check for them himself. It's up to the football club. clearly... To... Then how clearly identified Rabio? I don't care what oh, you say. What okay. you tell me? Well, if you tell me Neil Costas from the Sun says it, it must be true. I don't care. No, I don't think Neil Costas. He wants. I, I, I don't tell him Neil Costas. He wants Rabio. I am not. Listen, Ertan Hag asked for players he didn't get, and now we're going down the list. That's his list. His list. His list. Vital. Vital work. Well, I would say list. he certainly has has a say in that. And but here's Thank the you. thing, Con. Again, right. He asked for the people that he needed to do. This is what I'm talking about. I made this analogy yesterday with Gordon Ramsay. Uh, I needed first-class ingredients to bake you a gourmet meal. Well, I can't afford those. Well, I'll have to make do with other shit then. And that's where we're at. Ryan Gravenberg was available for $25 million. Better than Rabio. Better than sat Rabio. On it. Right? Over and over and over again. No coherent, no joined up thinking. Sergio Malenko Savage is a totally different player to Frankie Dion. What, what, uh, Arnautovic or Nice Gakpo, two different players, completely different players. If you need a physical element up front, and that's what you're targeting, then do that. But now it's back to a winger. Cody the Gakpo. problem is, is that, that we as fans, because that's what we are, I mean, you're both fans. Nothing else. We expect the world. We expect Manchester United. We 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 expect Manchester United of old, and it's quite simple. We just have to get used to the fact that it's not going to be like that, and it's not going to be like that for some time. Of course, this is just getting because of a manager. What what do we need to do? What do we need to do to change? Does Ten Hag need to walk and say, "Look, you did back in transfer market. You promised me this. It didn't happen." Do we need to? Is there some sort of? I can't ever see it happen because we're so massive. 
so big globally that it just couldn't happen. But is it that all the fans need to walk out of the Liverpool game, the biggest game of the season, the and just leave Liverpool fans in the stadium? Is that is that something that's going to have to happen? It would have to be Where sustained. It, it would have to look. The only way you're getting rid of the glazers is if you get rid of the only incentive they have to own the football club, and that's the profit. Once there's no money for them to take, there's no incentive for them to own the football club. But they're on their last legs because they've no more gimmicks. They didn't get the new manager bounce with Ten Hag. They uh, usually appease fans one of two ways, with signings or results, which they can do neither right now. So what's left to appease Manchester United fans, to stop them from protesting. There's nothing. So the financial markets are disgraced, terrible. The future economic projections are terrible. Their ability to generate revenue comes from selling shares, and all they've got left to sell is voting rights shares, which will prohibit their ability to take money out. So that's a one-time hit. Um, or, of course, through either selling players or on the field success. Now, if you look at COVID, when United didn't have fans in the stadium and how quickly they had to borrow 100 million operating profit, that tells you how quickly that would hurt. It's not going to happen because you just, United support base is just too fragmented. And so not everybody feels the same way about this. There's a core element of United fans that do, but you're never going to get Old Trafford empty. And so I wish it would happen but that's one of the consequences of having a global fan base. But where, that... where does this, like, where does it end? Like, how can we continue to be in this position years upon years where everything, it just seems to get worse. It's like every year there's like, mm. there's a, a peak where we get second a couple of years ago in the show chart. And we're, oh, here, we're back on. And then boom, we're back right back down again. Where does this end? Well, how does it end? It, 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 it's going to end eventually because, uh, what is going on right now is unsustainable. And as you heard with Richard Arnold, the money's just not there anymore, right? And so when United continue to lose money, if you look at all the financial metrics, they're terrible. So they don't have the expertise to run the football club like Liverpool. And I just don't think it's commensurate with the ideology of the owners anyway. Uh, so I have a feeling that we're in the Tory Street, the Death Sparrow, of Manchester United at the moment, where this season, brace yourself, it's going to be bad, in my opinion. Um, I don't see United making, maybe they'll make one more big signing, but it's not enough. Nowhere near enough. I mean, you think there's only going to be one more signing this summer? No, I think there'll be more than one more. No, 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 no. I think there'll be more than one signing. I'm talking about one real signing. I still think there'll be a decent midfielder brought in on top of Rabiot. Because they, they, a real football club would have bought, would have done what PST did. Vitinho, Renato Sanchez in midfield would have been a massive upgrade on Scott McTominay and McFred and Fred. Massive. I mean, these are two players that were technically exposed against Brighton, who were completely incapable of playing the way Ten Hag wanted. Eventually, they had to take Ericsson and drop him deep just to do the most basic thing to connect defense to midfield. So they're all over the place when they don't have the ball, right? And so any good organized team should expect to beat United until there's massive improvement. And I look at these fixtures. I'm going to ask you a question. What team in the league are you confident of beating? 
Honestly, I'm worried about going away to Brentford. That's the truth. <laughs> I, I'm worried. I think Brentford are going to turn us over as well. That's going to be two in a row. There's no team in the league at the moment I could comfortably say we'll go and beat. Jesus Christ, my heart's putting a transfer request now. Sorry, mate. <clears throat> um, it is. I, I was going to say at the start, I didn't want to offend you. Offend <laughs> me? Take a bit deeper on that one. Um, mm. But um, anyway, no, mate, it, it's brutal. It's, they, here's the thing, right? We're the United fans where we all wanted to believe that things were going to be different. We all wanted to believe that we're going to get this new competence and everything was going to change under Richard Arnold. And all these big promises that he made. And I said to you, he's the second most senior employee at this football club. He's attempted to divorce himself from the this debacle that's been happening for the last 10 years. Really, as low as it's unacceptable because that's totally unfair to Edward Wood. Richard Arnold, maybe even more than Edward Wood, was a protagonist for everything that's happened, Super League, everything else. Right? No doubt about it. Okay. He has the job because he thinks exactly like. Edward Bird. Okay. So that's who the Glazers want in that position. Obviously, they're the highest paid executives in the league, which clearly has nothing to do with football. So there's clearly more important metrics than being successful on the pitch to the Glazers. Otherwise, they wouldn't compensate these people the way they do. They are also integral, heavily involved in the recruitment process, which is why they don't sack someone for these bad signings, because they're as much a part of it as anyone else. And clearly, Avram Glazer flutely needed on Sunday to watch this match and then meet with uh, Ten Hag. Now, the last time he needed started under a Dutchman and lost their first game 2 1, they panicked and bought Di Maria. But there's a massive difference panicking with 60 million and 60p. Hmm. But, like, who even is out there that we could possibly sign? You Forget know, about Rabio. Clubs don't Forget have about Rabio. PSG didn't have a problem. Have problem. We we have this problem at the moment. PSG have like a who's out who's out there at the moment that we can that we can we can send. Rabio, I, I know you don't read him. Right, one second. Rabio, you don't read him. I read him. He starts for France, right? He's made a lot of caps <laughs> for France. He's he's a good midfielder. No for what you say, right? You Juventus Juventus turnover players like there's no tomorrow. We both know that. They wanted rid of Ronaldo. They wanted rid of Pogba. You can laugh all you want. Rabiot I've asked Juventus fans. I've asked people that I trust in the game that are that, that are make a living in the game, and I've asked them about him. Okay, well, look, you form your opinion on other people. No, I'm not forming an opinion. I'm taking their opinion. I'm, it's I'll better informed than mine. Well, okay, well, I'll make my own. He's a good player, right? Yes, he he's a good player. He'll prove you wrong. I think at United, I don't think he's the answer to your problems, but I think he's a better than average player in terms of what you've said about him, harsh, right? It's also not his fault. We've both established that it's not his fault. So we can't get on a player whenever he comes into the club because then it's yeah. toxic, right? So he's, Forget he's, about he's him. Very, very good. He just hasn't shown that yet in his career. Well, he, has, he had a great season under, under Angelotti at uh, PSG. Great season. Then he went to Juventus and he hasn't been great. When was that, mate? Ultimately. How many years ago now? A few years right. ago now? Three? Five four, years four, ago four, in the French years. League. He had a great season in the French League. And then when okay. he moved to the Italian League, what happened? He still plays for France, though. Well, he's good for France. <clears throat> yeah, I have to take your word for it. But I looked at his career at Juventus last season. You know his past completion it is? Over the past. You know his past, past completion it is? Calm. Do you know his past completion it is? It's about the same completion that I have with AA. Okay, so 
He's played he's played around thirty games for Juventus each of the last three seasons. No matter yeah, well, had. we're average. I'm, I'm saying on average. No Forget goals about goals. Had. Why goals. does that not matter in football? He's not a goal midfielder. He's not a goal scoring midfielder. He's a uh, what is midfielder. he? What is he? He's a holding midfielder, and that's he's what, a what we need. Yeah. Well, that's not where Juventus are playing him. But this is what I'm saying. We're we're, we're judging him on Juventus at the moment. He was good a few years ago. You can say all you want, Phil. I'm telling you, you're getting on. A okay, well, well, he was good a few years, years ago. This is this is what, 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 is this is this from the scouts from a few years ago? Well, surely they would have moved from two months ago then. Someone that bases their opinion on their own. You've just based your opinion off your friends that you're speaking to. No, I don't. No, I'm I don't. Not my friends. I'm talking I don't about Juventus that fans that watch football that, that make yeah, a living well, out of I, the game. I don't take other people's opinions. Well, no, okay, but that. But but if they're better informed than you, you should. Should I? Yes, if someone's better informed than you on an issue, you should listen to them more than yourself. That's important. I'm not having it. That's... I'm, I'm not having it. Especially, I don't know who your friends are. You just okay, but these are people that make a living in the game. These are people... Give me that... names. But, but here, David Amayel is one names. of them. Okay, so he, he's a respected opinion. And what, what's he said about Rabio? I've just told you. They laughed. What? Tancredi Palmieri. What did he say about Rabio? Laughed. Said if they got eyes, they said is their eyes painted on? Because they, did they have they watched this guy? We're, we're Take very, a look at Juventus fans' comments on social media. We're, we're very quick to jump down players. Well, man, again, these are yeah. people that are. If, we if, are. If, if if some some kid asks you about McTominay, you'd never watched them before. Would you say you're better informed than him? That is never. I would say you yes, are, but I've watched Rabiot. Of course, so that's the I've point. Okay, so they're better informed than you on the topic and me. Again, you're forming your opinion on other people. No, I'm, I'm, that's, that's not that's my opinion. opinion. This is the opinion of people that watch him every week. Yeah, so you These just told my me words, you based your opinion on, on them. Okay, so, so if you've you got, if you've got better information than someone this, that watches him every week that makes a living out of the game, then I'll uh, then, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll defer to your better, better view. Do you watch him every week? And are, so, uh, no, do I you? Don't, of course Okay, so then, Calm, you have to accept that there's people that are better informed on this issue than you and I. Of course, you do watch him every still week. My opinion on him that I've you seen can him. have seen your opinion, close. but I'm just I've seen him against Northern Ireland over 21s. I've seen him play up close. I've seen him whenever he was he was younger playing against Northern Ireland twenty one. He was great. Man, he's he's seven. I know. Okay, you can still play under twenty one when you're a bit older than twenty one. But first of all, stay until you're twenty three. The point is, is that there, <laughs> there's positives to take out of these signings. You can laugh all you want, Phil. The fact is, is that you're a deluded United fan, and you you have been. You're you're of that age where you're gonna sit here and you're gonna tell me stuff and you're gonna laugh and talk down to me. Man, I'm not talking down to you. I'm talking down. You don't. You don't. I'm not talking down. Okay, but you don't. I'm laughing at the if that was United's scouts' view that he had had a good game against Northern Ireland in the under 21s, and that's what designated him as a target. Fucking come on, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. I I didn't say. I'm just. City St Calvin Phillips when they needed a midfielder. City St Calvin Phillips when they needed a midfielder. Would you put Rabi on the I same breath as Calvin Phillips? He's a holding midfielder. I've never once said that. I've never once said that. So why not? Why can't he be in the same bracket? He costs 50 million. We're not good enough. It's there we are. That's the point. They're saying shit because it. that's what they are. If if we were so serious, we'd be talking about better players. So what's the positive we about? should take out of this? Because I want you said to me, we're going to see a Manchester United we've never seen before. Last week. Season started. Yes, I said it. Of what happened? Because I'm optimistic. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? What happened? We haven't made the signings that we should have made. We haven't Thank done you. anything. Now we got there. 
No, but I'm still I'm still talking about it. You're jumping down a player's throat. It's one that's not his fault. He's not he's, he's, he's short in the club. But we haven't seen him yet. Let's let's see what We've he's like. We've seen him play every week for as you said for France and Juventus. He's shit. I completely, All I think right. that's harsh. You're entitled to your PL. Okay. Uh, you, I really, honestly. You're entitled to yours, right? We'll, so we'll see. Maybe, we'll see. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll weave a magic wand and show something he's never shown in seven years, maybe. Hopefully. It, it's not uh, about waving a magic And I, I'm not saying that he, he's the answer to all the problems. I'm not saying he's a replacement for the young. I'm not saying that he, he's going to, he's been playing a box-to-box role at Juventus as well, okay? So he's not been playing in a number six role. He's been playing box to box for Juventus. What he, what other boxes he getting? And he scored zero goals. But that's what I'm saying. He's not. He's going to see amount of goals for Juventus last season that I did. Mate, honestly, but you're jumping down a player's throat that it isn't his fault. Oh, give me a he, reason. Okay, to believe that if he's he not good enough, decent, and I'll accept it. If he's not, if he's not good enough when he joins Manchester United, and then you've got a fair comment to say, you know what, this kid isn't good enough. We've, we've made the wrong decision again. So should, we try Billy down, should we try Billy down the street and give him a crack plan for Man United and see right, if he's okay. good enough? He's, or should there be just, evidence to suggest that you deserve the move? He's, a 27. He's not just Billy down the street. He's so if, if we're just going to give players a crack, why don't we have give out five five crisp packets and you get a, you get a start from United? No, I, I made a point. We'll see if you're good enough. Ten, ten Hag. Ten Hag said he would promote from within. Why is James Garner? Because there's no, he's not good enough. James James Garner could be good enough, though. But he that's Ten Hag's decision. Who's better informed than you and me? He's not good enough. He's had him all pre-season. Yeah, well, then again, he, he, he lagged us at the start because he said, if I can't get no, my no, targets, no, no, no. I'll promote within. What so he didn't second, say... We did say... We did say if he didn't get his targets, so Rabio was one of his targets because he did tell us that. Yeah, but he, did, yeah, but he didn't say everyone would play. Okay, but he did say, if I can't get my targets in, I'll be promoting from within. That yeah. tells us that Rabio is one of his targets. So doesn't say that Rabio is one of his targets. Uh, Calm, you've been watching United long enough, all right? And you know the way this football club functions. Are you telling me that Facundo Palestri was the long-term target of Solskjaer's? You know why Palestri happened, right? Happened because of Diego Forlan calling United and telling him to send him. Are you telling me that Amad Traore was the long-term target of Solskjaer's? Are you telling me that Cavani was the long-term target of Solskjaer's? They sent four players. On the, on the deadline day in January 2020, they had exactly the same shopping list that they had this year, and they done exactly the same thing that they did in 2020. The Are you telling me Van der Beek was Solskjaer signing? Are you telling me Ronaldo was Solskjaer signing? We both know that they weren't. The difference is Solskjaer didn't come out and tell us. Well, he's not going decision. to, mate. You know that. But why did Ten Hag do it then? Ten Hag do what? Ten Hag came out and said, any signing I make... I will have no, the ultimate said that too. And if not, and Solskjaer if not, I will too. promote from within. Solskjaer if said not, that too. I will promote from within. Solskjaer said that too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having it. Solskjaer said, I have final say on transfers. He did. Well, you, you've just told me he didn't, so he lied to us. No, well. he did. Solskjaer said I have final say on transfers. What I, I thought you were asking a different question. I thought you were saying, why didn't he come out and say that he would do this or do that? Okay. I mean, but my look, point Solskjaer, is, is people to jump down a Rabiot's throat, right? You might be shaking. It's not okay. going to jump down Rabiot's throat. It's nothing to do with Rabiot. It has to do with the decision making process of why he's a target. I know, and we're both agreeing on that. But All right, so that's my point. He's shown nothing. Come, he's shown nothing that says he's a top level player. Why isn't another? Why didn't another club identify him as the solution to the problem? This is my point. It has to be Ten Hag's decision that he's going for Rabiot. It's nothing. It's not coming from up here. But uh, but uh, but okay, but Ten Hag didn't scout Rabio. 
Do you think Ten Hag scouted Robbie with Ajax? Well, he no, I don't think he scouted. All him right, with so Ajax. he really has nothing to do with him. him. He identified him as a target. So United Scouting Department, Recruitment Department doesn't do anything. Evidently not. Look where we okay, are. Okay, so we're evidently not. competent then. Of course, we've been saying for weeks. We got there in the end. We're, we're That's what I'm talking weeks. about. It's completely incompetent. Is, is there out there at the moment that we can sign Ruben Neves, Yuri Telemans? Why are we not going for these signings? Alexander players. Mitrovic. I take Mitrovic up front. Why? 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 Why are we not signing Mitrovic? Why are we going for for these why players that we're linked with? Gakpo, who, who hasn't even who hasn't even performed anywhere other than the Dutch league. What's this all about? Well, you're telling me it's the result of of uh, these are all good players, you know they're. Rabio, good player. You know, obviously Ten Hag's choice. They've scouted him. They, they. It's a result of a a drawn out process of elimination that he distrib- uh, uh, He demonstrates the ability and characteristics that he needs to play Manchester United's team. Did but, that not but, happen but, with Gakpo? Did that not happen with other players? I mean, it's the same, same, what, same club. There's my point exactly. You've just you've just nailed hit the nail on the head there. Mm-hmm. This <clears> is all coming from Ten Hag's recruitment. Plus Manchester United scouting department. It's not working, mate. Simple, it's not working. So if, if something's not working like this, there needs, yeah, let me ask you. there needs to be something different. If Ten Hag wanted Rabio, why didn't he May? Yeah. Why didn't he send him in May? You tell me. Why did he not send him in May? Because he didn't want him. Because he was going for Frankie de Jong, and it's got to the point where he thinks to himself, mm-hmm. we might not get Frankie de Jong. We're getting mm-hmm. late in the window. Let's go to my second That's target. Right. Who's the second target? Not even the second know. target, mate. Here's the thing. <clears throat> United didn't get the players that Tanhag asked for months ago. Okay? They didn't get the players most managers asked for. Okay? This is why they're in this mess. Didn't get a centre-back for Mourinho when he asked for it. Didn't get any of the players Mourinho asked for. Right? Solskjaer, did they get Sancho when he asked for him? No. Did they get Bellingham? No. Did they get Holland? No. Okay. All these players missed out on. What were their alternatives? This is not the manager's fault. This is to do with a completely dysfunctional football club that is completely incapable and incompetent to, to execute on a proper strategic plan. They also have owners who nickel and dime everything on another continent who don't operate on the team, same time zone, every minor detail. There's an article from Ali K in, in, in The Athletic. I've done a wonderful breakdown of the bottleneck that is the Glazers when it comes to Manchester United's transfers and how every minor detail has to be approved in Florida. Okay, This is set up to be dragged out for months. You can't operate a football club this way. Okay. They had a situation where they would allow United internally anything 10,000 or less to be approved without asking them. Anything more than 10,000 had to be approved by the Glazers. This is why this happens, Calm. It's got nothing to do with Ten Hag saying, you know what, if we can't get Dion, we'll get him. This is a result of Manchester United budget issues saying we can't afford a top-level striker. If we did, we wouldn't be after an out of it. We can't afford a top-level midfielder. If we did, we wouldn't be after a guy that is current club who knows him better than anyone is trying to pay him off to leave on a free. Right? I mean, whatever we think, Juventus are capable of making decisions about footballers. Okay? And they are deciding that you are so worthless, we will pay you to leave at 27 a footballer's prank. So high on earth does that guy end up being on Manchester United's list 
of targets when he's just had his worst season ever at Juventus. There's nothing that that guy's demonstrated that says that's the solution to our problems, other than the fact his price is expedient. Same with Anurtovic. Fuck morals, fuck all that. His price is right. He'll do. Okay, so you've said something very, very true here. And you say that this whole time, I know that there's something wrong with the board. We both spoke about ranking confidence from the top right down. But you told me about six weeks ago, Ed Woodward wasn't his fault, blah, blah, blah. It's all the Glazers. Okay, right? You're now saying it's not Ten Hag's fault, it's all the Glazers. I know it's the Glazers, right? I know it's the Glazers. Mm -hmm. But whenever you come into a club and you tell the fans and you tell the fan base that you're going to do something and you don't do it, there's part of the blame lies with you. I know, but there's part of the blame that lies with you. I you know. work in sports for, for, for a living, right? Now, we both know 90% of what gets said in press conferences is bullshit and bears no resemblance to reality of what goes on behind the scenes, right? This is a front. Ten is not going to come out in his first interview and turn around and go, this fucking club's dysfunctional, it's a mess, and if it goes wrong, it's not my fault. I mean, it's just not realistic to expect that. You represent boxers, how many times do we hear in a fight, perfect training camp, and we know that's not true? It's nonsense, right? This is psychology. These players turned around and dug out Ranić for digging them out in press conferences. How on earth can Ten Hag turn around in a press conference, especially when you don't trust the people behind you to get you the players that you want or to get the players out that you want, when these players are going to determine your future? Graham Sooners done an interview yesterday on TalkSport and said perfectly, which summed up the problems at Manchester United. You dig a player out, then they moan to their agent, then they moan to their friends, and then the leaks come, and then the agent leaks, and then this stuff happens, and then you get this vicious circle. So yeah, these are the people that are going to determine whether you're a success or failure or not. So you can come and dig them out in the press conference if you want, but it's not productive, and it has nothing, no correlation between any type of management that you'll get taught anywhere in any business school, Right? You can disagree, but make your case. I, I don't disagree because what you say is right, but then don't say nothing at all, Eric. Tonight. What's don't. he supposed to say in a press conference, mate? What did Van Hal say? What did Solskjaer say? What did Mourinho say? But but look at, at what it's caused in terms of... There, regardless of who we say, and this is a fact, or what happens at the football club, there's a media frenzy because we're that big, right? That's simple. The media stir things at this football club like mm-hmm. no other. You're Any right. small detail happens at this football club, and it's blown into mm-hmm. massive proportion. And of course, every everyone everyone gets upset at everything at this club. That's just part of being a Manchester sure. fan. You have to get used to it, right? Eric Ten Hag, my opinion, here because he's promised the fans something. He's not delivered. We don't know if Rabio or Arnautovic are his targets, his signings. We don't know. We imagine that Arnautovic is, but you also don't think that Rabio has anything to do with him. You think that just came from the scouting department? This is all hearsay. We do, we're just I don't even to... think it came from the scouting right. department. I think it came from an agent. Okay. So, in, in any any respect, he is the one that ultimately makes that final decision. I'm saying, yeah, do you know what? I don't know Rabio is a good player. Yes, Marco Arnautovic is a good player. Let's get him in. Arnautovic isn't a good player. Arnautovic isn't a bang average player with serious issues morally that we couldn't take at the football club. That was evident in terms of whenever there were so many emails sent yesterday and the club decided not to go for him, which is laughable because this football club, 
in the hands of the fans in one regard, but not in another. So where does this fairy tale end? Where, when does it come to the point that every single Manchester United fan emails Richard Arnold, emails continuously, turns up at the stadium, doesn't enter the stadium? Why are we not at that point yet? Why is this just all continuing mm-hmm. to unravel into what it is? It's just a total mess. Mate, now you know you're a smart lad. <clears throat> so you know that when Ten Hag's making promises, you know what he's capable of actually delivering that's within his power and what isn't. Right? Now we both know that watching matches netted as long as we have, or football as long as we have, a manager can't promise you sounds. Okay? They just can't. Because it's not their remit. Right? Uh, Richard Arnold can't promise you that United are going to play a certain way. He's, that's not his remit. That's a manager's remit. That's where their ability, power ends. When Ferguson left, most of that power went upstairs. So I'm asking, it's not reasonable to expect Ten Hag if he turns around and says in the press conference, we're going to do this, do this, do this, do this. And first of all, I didn't promise any player, right? And in fact, he repeatedly shoots questions down about potential signings. Although all he really says is we need players, right? He, won't, he didn't make any promises about anyone ever. Uh, so if you've got 22 soldiers behind you that are going to determine your success or failure as a, as a leader, and you're going to dig them out before you've even had a chance to work with them, you've already signed your own death warrant. You're finished. You may as well leave right there. Unless you work for a football club that you trust will move those players out. Now, we both know, have imagined it for long enough to know that they don't do that. They consistently undermine a manager's ability to control the dressing room by not disciplining players that are consistently unruly, by not getting players out long before their unnecessary contract renewals to protect market value. None of these things are about supporting the manager. So it's really important that that separation is made so that we can fix this problem because another manager is going to take the blame for them. When in reality, if you don't give the guy the tools that he needs to do the job, he can't do the job you hired him to do. It's just that simple. You're, you're right in one respect, but at the, at the end of the day, right, the manager develops a list of his targets. It's up to him at any point when he goes to plan B. It's not the people that are negotiating. If he hears back from whoever it is that, that's negotiating, like this isn't going as swimmingly as what we thought, we did, we're not going to get the deal. It's up to him to move on to his plan B. Clearly, for whatever reason, whether he's informed or not in the deal, deal he's left it too late. He's now clutching at straws, you'll say, to go for it, Adrian Rabio, right? Because that's what it looks like. So that's where I think well, he's failed in his okay. in his remit as manager. So that's my that's opinion. Fair. And that's fair. But well, let me ask. Uh, no, that's a fair comment. But let me ask you this, Matt. Right, serious question. Maybe there's been dialogue internally at Old Trafford where they've said to him, "We're really confident that we'll still get him." So there's no need to move on to another target. In which case, it would make sense that they continue to persevere. That's been the message from United to people on the outside that have asked that question. Maybe. So well, if, if that conversation took place, is it should Ten Hag tell him? I, I'm asking you, I don't I mean it's a fair point. No, no, uh, no, no, no responsibility. What what you're saying is correct in terms of if, if they're telling them that and they're feeding them that information. But then when they're moving on to the plan B, it's one of his designated targets. No, he definitely takes responsibility. So that that's going back to my point that ultimately it doesn't maybe end with him, but he's also part of it. You, you've kind of said... No, you know, he he's definitely part of it. Yeah, there's no question about he that. He is right. part of it. You're right. You're he, right. He he's definitely part of it. Part of it. He, he's the one that ultimately is making the decision. He is the manager of the football club. 
So whether you like it or not, he's the one that picks the 11 players that go on the pitch every single week. He's the one that picks the subs and he's the one to pick the squad. So he's the one developing the targets. He's the one that's taking information from the scouts from everywhere else to make these decisions. So ultimately, he's failing in his role as manager. Whether you like that or not, because you like him and you're backing him as, as a manager. And I, I, I back him too. I, I want him to do well. But ultimately, he's failing in some of these aspects. But I would I would hold him more accountable for the things that are immediately under his control. If the team doesn't improve, which he has to do, if the team still looks tactically inept, he takes responsibility. I think he made mistakes at the weekend. I didn't understand the three subs on the 90th minute. Right? Again, I yeah, didn't another, understand that. Right? I think, but he has to be allowed to make some mistakes in the beginning because this is part of, of course. the discovery process. We thought I mean, that was going to happen. Yeah, so why, club- why are you bringing why are you not bringing Garnacho on with more time? No, no listen, the only sort of. Or sort of player on on the bench you can change the game first. That, that's agree. the truth. But if football fans can debate these 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 things, and 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 look, ultimately Ten Hag will be judged on how you know to play. Um, and I still feel there's enough in that Manchester United team for them to be doing much better. And he's responsible for certain things that you know they need to improve on. There's no doubt. But he, what he's not responsible for, mate, is securing signings. That's up to the football club. And that's up to every football club. And if they don't get no, the players the that he asked for. Developing targets, he is responsible for. Half well, no, no, he's, certainly, he's certainly responsible for developing targets, but I mean, the target is irrelevant. What, what, uh, what, what? Uh, I can have a target for if I've got a purchase agent and I don't go buy this, and they haven't got the ability to secure it. I mean, it, ultimately, the transaction and 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 the success of that transaction is up to the football club because Ten Hag has no ability to affect change in that area. All he can do is tell you who to sign. What they do after that is up to the football club. If they fail to get him the targets or any football club hires a guy to do a job and fails to get him the targets, there's a direct consequence to that. That's obvious. Now, he is resp- He doesn't get to divorce himself from selecting Rabio. That ha- I mean, there's n- it's not fair to say that's 100% Manchester United's decision. That's also his decision too. It's his that was my point I, and I have no doubt that he was the one that said, let's go get an out of it. I don't believe Manchester United Forced an out of it on him. Right? I believe then, that was in Ten Hag and, and, and McLaren decision. One hundred. So you're correct on that. There's no question. That will be a Ten Hag decision, and it's a wrong decision. And he deserves severe criticism for that. For thinking that a player who's a flagrant racist fits in as Manchester United because there's no excuse for him not knowing that. Right. Let's uh, let's move on to some questions because I think we're we're going on a bit. On the, I'm about the box ahead of you here, but let me see. Um, here, first question up from, from Wayne Tiggs, who he's on every week. Where is the big rebuild plan? It feels like panic mm-hmm. stays into Robbie Owen or Edovich. And who ultimately controls the transfers, Tim Hag or Mola? Yeah, so uh, we've just debated this. Look, ultimately, Ten Hag, just like every other manager, asks for players and it's up to the Glazers and the recruitment department to secure those players. And it's really important we make that distinction so that we can properly evaluate John Murda and Richard Arnold. So that we don't apportion blame to Ten Hag that's not his. Um, ultimately, Richard Arnold and John Murder have failed him. And the Glazers, of course. Would no Champions League this year be enough to make the Glazers sell of Jason Anderson? It's a good question. We've been asking this question, mate, as you know, for how long? We don't know what the breaking point is. Um, but as soon as the their ability to take money to the football club is affected, then I think that's going to be the, the catalyst. There's going to be a lot of interest. Um, and I think uh, I, 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 it's hard for me to see how they hold on to the football club. because there's Ultimately, no, it falls down to the sponsorship. 
yeah. if we fail to make Champions League sponsorship takes a hit surely the Glazers have yes you're right man. That, oh, oh, so short short term pain for long term gain if we yes. don't make it this season there's an end goal and hopefully then it gets the Glazers right 100% um, let me see what would be the final nail in the Glazers coffin before mm-hmm. the end of the season if there is one from Paul Carson Look, I think there's only one thing the Glazers care about, and that's money, right? So it's the only thing that's going to alter their behavior. It's the only thing that's going to force them into a decision. You can't shame these people. They have no bottom. So they're also not connected to United in the same way you and I are. So they don't feel the perturbations in the same way. They don't feel the perturbations when United lose in the same way. I mean, that was the first game they've been to in years. Uh, you know, you and I experience United on a micro level. Every little alteration, change affects our mood. It just, just doesn't happen for them. So they aren't, I mean, Manchester United fans haven't just had to deal with their own demise. They've had to deal with watching Liverpool and City win everything and have their noses rubbed in it. This would never be acceptable at Real Madrid. This would never be acceptable at the world's top football clubs that are, you know, adequately funded and have serious intention of success. I mean, when Barcelona were dominating in La Liga, right, under Guardiola, look what, Look what Perez did, Ronaldo, Kaká, all that. I mean, the contrast is massive. Mark Goldbridge asked, if we get Milinkovic Savage instead of De Jong, what are your thoughts? The club is acting like these are clear desperation signings like Rabiot have been targets all along. Well, first of all, I think we mm. could actually sign Milinkovic Savage and De Jong together because they're two different players. Milinkovic Savage would be wasted playing in a, a deeper role, in my opinion. He would be better further on up the pitch. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, similar to what we have in terms of, of, of Bruno in a way. He offers us a bit more physicality, but if we're going to play him in a, in a defensive role, it's going to be wasted. So in my opinion, you still need a stick if you sign Milinkovic Savage. So I don't I don't get that one. But Milinkovic Savage may make sense if you sign a six, but I agree with you 100% that if he doesn't, I mean, it makes no... Here's the thing. Watching United at the weekend, I felt they needed two midfielders, right? I felt they needed to replace McTominay and Fred. So even if you don't get a six and you get an eight, I still think you solve one problem. Don't I mean, what do you think? I think we definitely need two midfielders, and that's where I think Rabio comes into it. If, mm-hmm. if we sign Rabio and we sign De Jong, it's a successful transfer window because we need strength and depth in midfield. We've got, we've got Ericsson, Bruno, McTominay, Fred. Is that it? Am I leaving anyone out? Um... Obviously, Ericsson, um, you know, no, Ericsson. still there, well, I suppose. And... Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously, there's there's options there, but I think we need two more midfielders. Rabio and Dion do the business. Rabio and Milinkovic Savage, I can live with. Um, Milinkovic Savage and Dion, and we're laughing. But again, if or when they happen, I'm not too sure. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too sure about that one. Um, we'll get another two questions in. Um, is there realistically a billionaire out there who will want to save our club from its Tons misery? Tons of them. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is about football, and this is what the Glazers know, no billionaire is banned United because it's a smart business decision. Right? It's a lost leader in football. Billionaires are egotistical. And... Uh, they're not going to pull out of United because the stadium's dilapidated. They're not going to pull out of Ban United because of things that matter to you and me, because they have the money to fix all that. 
And the value of Manchester United isn't in their stadium. It's not even in their playing squad. It's in the strength of their brand, the brand recognition that's global. And maybe you own a different business that you want to piggyback it off the back of that, which is what NFL owners have done. And other football clubs in the city group and all that, they've used it as you know as a, as a proxy. So I do think there'd be plenty of interest if United were. I mean, when United were allegedly being shopped around before, there was tons of interest. There was tons of interest of billionaires in Chelsea. So um, you just want it to fall into the right hands. You just don't want it to fall into the Saudis or something like that. Um, because to me, it's going from the firing pan into a fire. Um. Elite. I think it well just on that, I think it's evident in Chelsea, whenever Chelsea were up for sale, how quick they, the turnover was, how quick it changed, how quick there was people interested. Shows that Manchester United are always going to be a lucrative option for any billionaire, regardless mm-hmm. of what's going on at the football club. So I think we'll we'll not be short for buyers in my nah, opinion, because Chelsea, Chelsea weren't either. Right. Um Elite analysis says, Are the board really this bad or are they taking the piss? Why didn't they go after Neves, Reese, and Agra? Mm-hmm. Frankie De Jong, we had zero centre defensive midfield players who are good enough at the club after we just lose Pogba and Maddox. And again, that's just a reactive, yeah. not proactive situation. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and, and we, we've sat and watched Pogba go, Maddox go. We've stayed with McFred, who last season weren't good enough. So what's to say that they're going to be any any better this year? It's just complete shambles from start to finish, really, isn't it? No, I hold up a shot, right, man. And you take a look at proper continuation planning. That's buying Kamavinga and Chiumani to replace Cruz and Modric. That's what you do, right? And you need never or have any foresight. They never replaced before because they never know what they're going to do. It's very difficult for you to look 12 months ahead and say we're going to be here. They don't know. And... Um, so yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just such a ref, it's a reflection of just how broken the football club is, and I'm talking about it on the most basic level. I I think actually our best option at the moment is to play Martinez as a holding midfielder. Yeah, I think he, 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 mm-hmm. he could do it definitely. I think if we don't sign anyone else, he has to go in there. Regardless, I think if we do sign people, I'd still like to see him in there. I think he could play that role. Easily. I agree. Um, one more question. You know, there's loads to go through, but one from Jermura says, lads, will we sign three pairs before the window closes? I'd love to see a right back. I don't think Dallow does it. I, I do too, yeah. doesn't do it. I'd, I'd like a right back of some sort. I'd like a, a two midfielders and a striker. I'd like four signings all in. I think two midfielders, a striker, and a right back's minimum for for this window. But again, I'm not too sure if we'll get it. You you think we'll only get one big player and a couple of smaller signings, so I'm not too I, sure. I still think there's a... There's a big midfield signing out there. Well, if De Jong doesn't happen, I still think United will go big on a midfielder because I think they did set aside the money to be fair for De Jong and I still think that's there. Um, maybe uh, Milinkovic Savic, of course, his brother was at United years ago, Vanya Milinkovic Savic, um, the young goalkeeper. So the football club will be familiar to him. Um, I still think that could have a, a big midfielder could sit, can happen. If you look at how United are trying to do business, Calm, they're looking at spending most of their money on a defensive midfielder, maybe a makeshift striker up front. I would have preferred to have seen a younger striker up front that they're grooming to replace Ronaldo rather than someone that can do a job with Ronaldo and then need to replace both of them again at the end of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I still think United, I completely agree with you, by the way. I think United needed a right back. Uh, two midfielders, which is obvious, a winger and a forward, on top of what they've already done. There's no question about that. Um, and I, 
I agree with you 100%. Those would have been the signings I would have made. We've, we've nowhere really to go from there. And if we, if we don't make any signings, we're in trouble. I think top four is attainable at the moment. If we don't make any more signings, do you think so, mate? You, do, do you honestly think so? I mean, do yeah, you think top four? Truthfully, I think it is. Like, I'm not going to get beat up because we got beat in the first game of the season against no, Brighton, which, yeah, right. we, we shouldn't have, we should, we shouldn't have got beaten that game. We shouldn't have lost that game, but no one performed. It's not as if we even played half decent football at any stage of that game because we didn't. There was a stage maybe in the second half where we pushed them a bit yeah. and we looked a bit better, but even at that, we weren't we weren't at the races and sometimes this happens, especially with a new team being put together. So I'm not going to get hung up on it too much, but I think top four is definitely an option if we make more signings. If we don't, now nah, forget about it. No, I agree. Because to me, one of the things that really concerned me about the weekend was the inability of McTominay and Fred to play that way the way Ten Hag wants to play and to me unless you need to solve that problem and a problem up front it's really hard to see where they get the goals to finish top four it's really hard to see where they remain compact enough to get top four and maybe what Ten Hag will have to do if he doesn't get those sentences change his stand to making it hard to beat rather than exciting to watch he might have to because even De Gea looks as if he's struggling with playing out from the back. It's not yeah. we know he, he's not good with the ball at his feet. So, you know, if you're if you're sticking with your game plan and you're gonna go ahead with it, he might have to change things up because it might not work. I mean, Maguire, I know a lot of people criticize Maguire at the weekend. I don't think he was that bad really. I don't think Maguire he was that bad either. No, I think Maguire was like he didn't do anything great. Don't get me wrong, he was average, but he didn't do anything that bad. I know people are jumping down his throat as well. I'm not too sure about that one. Um, obviously, McFred had a stinker at the weekend. Dallow was shocking, apart from a five-minute spell in the second half where he was half-decent. So there's a lot of work to be done there, sadly. It was interesting, mate. I was listening to Andy Mitten on Over the Ball, uh, which is a Cork radio station. And he was reading out texts that he was getting from a high-end football coach. And they were talking about um, a lot of what was going on tactically. They would go over the head of most linemen. And they were talking about the space that Dallow was finding and how Graham Potter um, counteracted that and counteracted Van Hall, uh, uh, Ten Hag's system. And I think there's some really good points in there that backs up your point about Ten Hag's responsibility. Um, I don't think he's blameless for what happened at the weekend. Um, I think you, you can't turn around and say a manager's blameless for his results. That's, that's nonsense. Regardless of whether they get the players that they want, no manager gets every player they want. Nobody, right? So you have to work with players. You have to work with players you don't necessarily want or trust. And that's part of what a coach's job is to do, is to improve the players that he has, play with the players that he has. So you're, you have a good point on that in, that in that regard. No question about it. And I think that some of the things that worked in the Eredivisie won't work in the Premier League. And, and Ten Hag's going to have to learn that fast. Definitely. I mean, just look at how slow we were at the blocks at the weekend. Like, just mm-hmm. look at how Riceford, if Riceford had to finish those chances, would be in a completely different situation. Yeah. Everyone can get down Bruno's neck, and I was getting down Bruno's neck on WhatsApp to you until you made the point of, well, Bruno will have to assist here if Riceford could finish. And it's true, because Bruno didn't have a good game, but he, he had two moments of magic where he proved. Riceford in and Riceford couldn't finish. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different... Like, I actually said on, on a few weeks ago about what happens if Martial gets injured because we're, mm-hmm. we're we're wanting him. Why did Ronaldo not start? I don't care. Half-fit Ronaldo's better than, than what we started with at the weekend. 
and we can go down that route again in another point on the Ronaldo argument. But a half fit Ronaldo from the start at the weekend is definitely better than what we started with. It was shocking. So I mean, yeah, probably in terms of, right. yeah. In, in, in terms of of Rashford, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with him, but this is make or break this season. If he doesn't do it this year, he has to go. Completely Stop. agree. I completely agree. I mean, Rashford is a player I've rated really, really highly. But even the mess he made at the weekend, the one he had the weekend where he was offside, he didn't know he was offside. I mean, he wasn't even offside. It's bread and butter, Con. If your striker's not taking those chances, I mean, how many times did Rania complain about missed chances? If your striker can't take those chances, we talked on a podcast about it was a week, two week or two ago, saying Netted need 60-plus goals from, their, from, their, from this team to finish in top four. Where's that coming from? Oh, no. It's worrying. Very worrying, you know. And 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 look, as much as I find or not or it's despicable, I understand why you needed once a reserve target man, right? And clearly, of course. clearly, he's clearly, clearly, not the answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even if you, even if the ability was right, the football club has to be guided by its values. You can't be turning around and sending players with this. I mean, it's anyway, we don't we we've already dug it out, but. It's just it, 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 I, that I think that's part of what worries me about United is that there is no strict principles that guide the football club anymore, and so everything is about what is financially expedient, and and I don't know I don't think you can build a, a winning football team if you take a look at uh, Malaysia Malaysia had a Twitter account five minutes after saying for United Rabio will too, and I don't see changes that we talked about before about that needed to happen i just don't see it nope it's, it's what do you think i mean what, what 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 do you think about it i just think the club commercially takes over what's what's the the on the pitch what we're producing no one cares the only people that cares the fans well let, let me ask you a question man what commercially do you need to have anymore that's worth anything Exactly. What what is it? We're always going to be a big brand. It's we've got. It's like the Yankees. Do you know what I mean? The, the Yankees always have that commercial brand because everyone wears their caps. No matter where you go in the world, you're going to see a Manchester United jersey. That's a fact. I don't think I've ever been anywhere yeah. not seeing a United jersey. I think commercial. Yes, we're we're going to be affected commercially because mm-hmm. of our, our own field success, and hopefully that drives the players out. But really, at the end of the day, there's always going to be turnover there because commercially we're lucrative. It's as simple as that. Yeah, but, you know, I was thinking a lot about this, and the Yankees thing is a good comparison. I know we'll have to go here in a minute. Um, but the one thing that is different with the Yankees, I suppose, and this is evident, by the way, for someone who lives in America, when you look at the interaction with your tweets during the day and during the night, they're very different uh, because American sport and culture is very different. And Americans are much more accepted accept uh, uh, tolerant of their franchises being businesses and run as such, right? I mean, they're bemused at United fans and most football fans' aversion to football clubs being used as a vehicle for profit because they're so conditioned to it here that that's a normal expectation. Yes, of course, owners take money out. Yes, of course, you know, they tank their teams because there's an incentive to do so. Yes, of course, you know, if they don't like it, they up sticks and move somewhere else. But but European sport and culture is totally different. It's much more militant to to do things like that. And so the backlash when you do things like that, I think, is far greater on social media than what it would be in America. So that is intimidating the sponsors because 
they're so obtainable, they're so reachable now through social media. And I, and I think that is one difference. But I agree with you in the overall sense that these massive global brands, you know, I think United's current, you know, obviously look at it, but I think United's current plate is so bad it now overshadows their past. I don't know. I disagree with that last point. I know it is bad, but I don't Fair think enough. it overshadows the past because I think mm-hmm. we've just said there's going to be a, a line of billionaires that want to take over this club yeah. if 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 they're up for sale, and that tells Fair you enough. Fair point. So Fair. I think that that speaks volumes. And and if if we we ever the work we are going to sell the club. What's to say these owners that we get in are going to be better than the users? Because exactly, cause, you know, it's a, it's there's exactly a 50, right. 60% chance that it's going to be even worse. Yes, you're same. exactly right. So everyone thinking that it's going to be, you know, the be-all, end-all, let's get rid of the users. It's not, because we don't know who's coming in next. You might strike lucky and you might get a great owner. You might get someone like the Leicester owners, mm-hmm. who are unbelievable owners, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's that's who you want running your club. The Leicester owners are the, are the, the face. Of, like, you want that... Uh, to be at the head of your club. You don't want people like Glazers, but there's a good chance most of these billionaires are like the Glazers. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. No, you're right, man. It's really It's hard to see. Football itself has become so poisoned anyway by... I mean, it's not just the Glazers. I mean, if you look at European football as a whole and the pursuit of profit for the top teams, it's, it's utterly tragic. And, you know, that has ruined... The competitive balance in places like Germany. Bayern Munich's on their tenth league title. If you go to a German team and say about a European Super League, they essentially have two leagues in their league anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what chance have Eintracht Frankfurt got of winning the league? They're Europa League winners. They just got demolished by Bayern Munich, absolutely demolished. And and this is like Liverpool and City, and and, and it kills me to say it, but Liverpool. Fair play to them. They've done it in a way that other they've showed other teams how to compete. But they're met they're so far ahead of everyone else. I oh, mean, it's mad. There's no one catching Liverpool in City this year. No, no. one. No. But um, and I, anyway, it, 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 I think this is one of the things that's most disillusioned uh, to myself is the, the continued direction of football and the compromising of values for the pursuit of pure profit. There's nothing wrong with profit. There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with any of that. It all depends on your incentives, and I, I just find it really tragic. But, um, yeah. you know, you brought up a point last week that I wanted to illustrate again because I was wrong and you were right, um, was about players who should have identical mentality to Cristiano Ronaldo. And there's a reason why United under Ralph Ranić employed sports psychologists. And there's a reason why they exist. Not everyone can have that mentality. And players are subject to things that happen at home. They're subject to things that happen in the stadium. Not everyone has the same mentality. Not everyone deals with it the same way. Um, maybe it was a bit rude with some of your dis, uh, with some of your di- some of my disagreements on that because you're absolutely right. And uh, I completely accept the point that um, sports psychologists and the fact some players just need different types of treatment. Um, you know that's exactly correct, and um, that I just think is if we had a team, true. If we had a team with the mentality of Cristiano Ronaldo, we'd win the league every year. Yeah. Well, I mean, no job. one, and you're that's right, but no one does. And, and no one does. Most human beings just aren't like that. You're right. Yeah. For, well, for someone like myself, he's a big advocate of mental health. Mm-hmm. I think it was important to point that out because I think it was unfair to expect that everyone is a mental machine and and just doesn't isn't affected by the vicissitudes of life we're all affected by that and uh 
you know, it's impossible to expect. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo lost child last year. I can't imagine how yeah. difficult that must be and, and the grief. He also brought up another point that I think is fair to point out, but maybe he did have problems with his family that meant he couldn't tra travel. And maybe I was a bit insensitive with that because you're probably right. Maybe he did have domestic problems that meant he couldn't travel. Maybe there's something going on with his wife or postpartum or anything could be happening that um, he has a right to print the privacy on. Well, that's it. We don't know. It's all here saying we just, we just uh, bicker and talk about all these things, but we really don't know. There's certain things we do know about, but there's a lot of things we don't. And even the things that we touched on today, we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know if Den Hag wanted Rabio. We don't know if Rabio was proposed by John Murder. We don't know if Rabio's agent proposed Rabio. No, we don't true. and we won't. So it's all, and that's why it's good that we both have our opinions and, and well, everyone else. Hopefully, we cover everyone else's opinions who watches as well. Well, the, the one thing you could definitely argue with Rabio come is it is so left field that it's hard to imagine that um, you know, they didn't, weren't aware of him in some capacity. Right, he's not an obvious choice, so it's hard to believe that a young player, a player like Rabio, who's you know, he's not obscure, that, that United and Ten Hag weren't aware of him. And look, it could be the guy, the guy turns out to be a really surprising signing. I mean, I remember when they signed Jason Park, you could easily turn around and go, No, it's not yeah. exactly a glad deal, not exactly a superstar, but he turned out to be one of the most important players. And sometimes it's those nondescript players that turn out to be the engine of your team and the last thing you needed need in their dressing room is another brand so you know this is a guy that has no social media uh you know accounts and stuff so i'm not against that and, you know so, and, and ten hag say here here you know saying ten hag has to take responsibility for it because he has maybe he didn't target them but he has the ability to say no yeah and that's it and that was the point that i was making but um yeah all right well, hey, are we done man are we anything else to do oh Nah, I think I've, I've covered enough questions. There was loads, but we'll, we'll cover a bit more next week. I think we went over with an hour and a half here. Tonight, so. All right. Um, and congratulations on the weekend, Michael Conlon getting a win. Absolutely delighted. And uh, I know you're delighted, mate. Um, so uh, great to see you. And uh, I just want to, before we go, give a quick shout out to a lad that messaged me. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Mike78 on Twitter. I wish you all the very best, mate. And uh, thanks to every one of you who download and listen to this podcast. Thanks immensely to my co host here, Carmel Wigan, who deserves to give me a punch in the face once a week. I don't doubt that. <laughs> I'm extremely grateful for a sportsmanship for his exceptional uh, argumentative skills and for making really, really good points. Most of the points you make, um, I have to disagree with them and some of them I agree with. There's good good arguments both yeah. sides. Thanks to all of you for downloading and for listening to it, folks. All the very best. Calm, all the best, mate. Thanks, Thanks very much, as always. Thanks, Bye. Bye.